Hello, hello. This is The Divide. Welcome, welcome. We're here in episode 12 already. And just like the last film in the inevitable fourth Star Wars trilogy, we will no doubt be presenting you with lots of wonderful special effects and some recycled tropes as well. I'm here, of course, with uh, John Wordsworth in Sweden. Hello. And uh, all sounding very quiet there. Obviously, your, your volume is reflecting your distance. It's a long way away. It is, yes. And uh, of course, as always, Mr. Benjamin Dodson. I am your father. Yes, you are. You used to be my brother. It's really weird. Such yeah. a strange relationship we have. See, I love that for you. And I am <laughs> Christopher Ford, as always. Hello, chaps. How are we all? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you. We're recording this in the evening, so it's nice we get to actually talk about uh, our days, where as opposed to when we record in the morning, when no doubt you guys have just got up and I've been up for hours and hours and hours <laughs> <laughs> watching my son cover my floor in Play-Doh. <clears throat> Are we going to do a what did we do today? Because yeah. if we do, I need to censor some of it for my clients. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I worked lots, and lots I of worked, work. I worked really, really hard. What did you do today, John? Well, I was optimizing today, making uh, some of the games coming out very, very soon, uh, even faster. So it's pretty cool. Even faster. Ben, what's your censored what did you do today? I worked on a client project all day. I certainly didn't watch five episodes of Breaking Bad. That was, that was really, <clears throat> really, really simple. It was actually a really good day's work. I got a lot done. I mean, I even I created a new Xcode project, selected single app view template, go, imported a config file, done. Bill eight hours. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, like the... Uh... You'd be like a guy on TV and it's yeah, holding the swear button. It's like, ah, yes, this fucking thing. You work on the you actually, you there. bleeped yourself out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hence, hence the joke. Oh, I see. Oh, God. Okay, I'll, just, I'll tell you what. I'll just bleep out everything I just said and it will sound like swearing horrendously. There's an episode of the IT crowd where there's a guy... Uh, it's just swearing, going, are oh, you? And, they, and then there's a guy that's just beeped. Mm. And you think it's just the TV company's beeped it. And then uh, Christopher Morris goes, good work on the bleeping there, Daniel, or whatever his <laughs> name is. And I'm pretty sure it's Danny Wallace. And he, like, gets a little thumb up, and he's got, like, a big bleep buzzing next to him. And the guy attempts and goes, well, that was a fucking disaster. And then just you see him smack the button and press the beep just two seconds too late. <laughs> it's exactly like that, but with junk. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find that and put it in the show notes. So, okay. Enjoy. Unless, of course, this gets cut, like my dick's joke. I didn't get cut. That was in did there. Did not get cut. I didn't listen. Oh, did not, sure. did not I cut. cut. Did Good. not get cut. The only thing I cut out is uh, long pauses. <laughs> and <laughs> see, like this, that, this is going to be a little bit like uh, Schrodinger's pause. Is like, will I, will I cut it out? Will I not cut it out? You'll have to listen to find out. But when you do, the cat will be dead or something. I obviously don't understand <laughs> that properly. Let's just I move on to the weather in Sweden. <laughs> Uh, the most important topic of the show. Yeah. So uh, it's the, the days have got longer and longer since the last show. I just noticed it this evening looking out the window 10 minutes ago. It's almost 9 o'clock and it's light still. And it just happened so quickly here in Stockholm. But the uh, the weather itself, this week it's felt like Sweden has gone, ah, just in case you're feeling homesick, have some British weather. That's so it's raining. been grey and, yeah, and rainy, which is actually... Not rare, I guess, you know, but it's a lot rarer than the UK. So it's notable when it have a week of rain here. It's not just like normal like it is in the UK. So, uh, but we had, we had some snow. 
crazy. Like almost May, it was really hot for the last two weeks, and then the last few days it was three degrees snow. Fuck you. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, We haven't had snow in Exeter, I think, for five years. (laughs) But uh, is that true? No, that's not true. It, uh, and exactly. I don't. I don't even exaggerate here. It this year, it snowed for about three minutes, um, and then it stopped, <laughs> and then it rained, and and what did settle melted straight away. Anyway, nice. Sad. To be fair, it was only about three minutes today, but it's just. A but it, it doesn't equate to like three feet. No, <laughs> but we uh, we did have a bucket ton of snow over Christmas, so it's not like we've missed out. It's no. just uh, it's weird that it's snowing and it's almost May. No. Well, I don't want to be, you know, the guy that says, "Haha, I had more snow than you," but we had a load of snow yesterday, just outside Leicester. <laughs> Loads of it came down while I was on the way home from Waitrose. I was very upset because <clears throat> everyone starts driving incredibly slowly, and it's like it's only slightly thicker rain. There's no need to be driving twenty. Um, and then today, literally just making some dinner, and then um, it started raining, and then it started pouring, and then it started. Then, did the old man start snoring? <clears throat> He did not, but he basically dumped a swimming pool of water in the space of a very short amount of time. And it was horizontal. Uh, And our back door seems to have a problem whereby if it rains at a certain angle for a certain consistency, then the kitchen floor gets flooded. So that was fun. I was looking at it going, has the pug pissed on the floor? And then I got like a little kitchen where I was like, it's not yellow, it's white. That means it's rain. It's a fun snapshot of my life right there. Yeah. Can we include your pug in the show notes, please? Niles, you can. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, Excellent. I'll, find, I'll find a photo for you. <laughs> Good. Thank Get you. a little space room on the side of our website. So um, I understand, Ben, that you want to give us a little bit of an update on the iPhone SE. Yeah, I, I don't know how this has happened, but I've slowly been talking myself around to the fact that I don't want a new iPhone 7. I want an iPhone SE. <laughs> And really? I don't know why. <laughs> oh, right. I've, really, see, see, okay. I, I've suddenly got a real yearning for the... You remember the iPhone 4 yes. um, mm. design? Um, Chris they, and I have still got one. <laughs> have, but it's not my primary phone. <laughs> the first case that Apple started making was a bumper for the iPhone 4. And eventually they gave them out. Everyone got one for free um, because of the antenna nonsense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd already bought one and then I got another one for free. Um, <clears throat> and I really liked... The design of that, where you had quite a small phone, but then it had a nice sort of silicon bumper around it, so that if you dropped it, you, chances were you weren't going to smash the screen unless you were very unlucky. But I quite liked that, and I was thinking the other day while I was using my big iPhone six uh, success, it's I, I never use it without a case on because it's too slippery because it's a bit too big. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about getting the seven plus because I prefer the plus size. But again, you've still got that problem of having to hold it with two hands. And then lately I've been thinking, I really would like the SE, but with like a bumper like they used to do, because that's like the perfect, mm. perfect size phone. Because I don't actually use my phone that much, especially now I've got the iPad Pro. I use that more than anything. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in two, two minds. I think ultimately the 7 Plus will come out and I'll be like, well, yeah, I want that nice <laughs> camera. But a large mm-hmm. part of me is thinking, I really hope I get to that point and everyone's buying iPhone 7s and I just go, I'm going to go and buy an iPhone SE today. I can just go and get one because mm. there's no wait. Um, get a nice case and then just go and buy a SLR camera. You know, the, thing, that, the, thing, the only thing that stops me wanting to use the iPhone SE, because I, I do really want a new iPhone. For starters, I would love to have my Bluetooth working again. 
uh, yeah, but as well as as well as having a faster phone. And the thing that actually, because I mean, I've I've had the phone of this size always. I've never had the well, that's since I've had iPhones. I and mean, that's not a, a massive issue. But not it's true. when you I'm using. 4S. Okay, all right. Anyway, I had just had a four actually, so it's even rubbisher. Um, but it's when I'm using an app that requires typing that doesn't do um, a landscape option. I just find it's so small, it's so difficult to type. And I just wonder if I just need that bigger screen. Mm-hmm. Just do I do does... I want a bigger screen or do I want to commit myself to a small screen again? That's a good question. It mm. does mm, I I would think the muscle memory uh is probably better with the smaller one because once you go to a larger one you have to recalibrate because you start typing a little bit wonky for a while. Yeah. Um but then you adjust to it easy enough, I guess. I try not to type on the phone. I try yeah. not to use my phone. To be honest, I use my phone very, very little. That's true. So just, yeah, just if I ever make another one on the pile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I ever make spelling mistakes in tweets and stuff, it's always because I've typed on my phone. Sometimes my iPad, never a keyboard. Mm. So the point is, I never really leave the house if I can help it. So yeah. generally, I have a proper keyboard to hand and a computer. So if I'm sending a tweet, I'll just quite often I'll go, I can't be bothered to do this on my phone. I'll just get up and go to my office and type it out. Well, it's what about while you're taking it? Well, I, I occasionally don't even take my phone. Sometimes I just sit there and think, no, this is just for me. This is private time. <laughs> well, that's getting edited out. <laughs> no, it's Marvellous. Well, anyway, will, move on. You will never believe I checked the price of Mass Effect Andromeda this evening, and it's come down in price. Nice. Uh, not on a PC. On a PC, it's thirty nine ninety nine, which is fair, I suppose. Yeah, that's Still a reasonable bit, price bit for pricey. a good game. And it is now forty four ninety nine on the Xbox One and forty nine ninety nine on the PlayStation Four. <laughs> like, what the f, man? What? I have a real issue with pricing lately. Um, I went into game, um, and I've been looking around for a while now to try and pick up a copy of GTA V on Xbox One to give to the lovely Mr. Wordsworth, um, because we want to play GTA Online. Um, But the problem is, even though it's a year and a half old on the Xbox One, which is a port of the 360 version, which is now two and a half years old, in-game they still sell it for forty nine ninety nine, wow. And even in second-hand shops like CEX or any of those places, it's still like 45 quid for a second-hand copy. Wow. A game, it's like 45 quid for a second-hand copy. And the online version costs £55. And it's like, what the hell? Like next, literally next to it on the shelf in game was Quantum Break for Xbox One, which had come out that day and was five pounds cheaper. It's like what? <laughs> How is a brand new game that's exclusive to a single platform five pounds cheaper than a game that's a remake of it's a two-and-a-half-year-old game yeah. that's on all the platforms and has been out for a year and a half? It's yeah. ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. I mean, GTA Five is a great game, but not. Fifty pounds, great at this stage yeah. in its life. Yeah, uh, it's weird how it retains value. I, I honestly don't know. Especially bearing in mind that a large part of the money they're making on it is probably from the fact that people playing GTA Online it's got like a whole freemium model where you can buy cash so you can buy better stuff online without having to earn it. So I kind of feel they're getting the best of both worlds. They've got a premium product where you have to pay fifty quid to get the game, and then they're going to screw you over with microtransactions yeah. on the online game 
so uh, yeah yeah i completely agree it's it's crazy ba mass effect slightly cheaper yeah more than gta 5 <laughs> <laughs> it is actually cheaper than gta 5 it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> what a crazy world we live you're in gonna, you're gonna say something dr wordsworth or, or was that oh. just a, was that just a whimsical one day doctor oh, yeah. just, just a one day one day it'll be cheaper one day it will be in cheaper. five years time yeah <clears throat> So um, I have a small bit of news. Many moons ago, um, I have a feeling that I'm quoting from a Julia Donaldson children's book. Um, Anyway, um, we talked about coding and getting into code. And I mentioned something called Free Code Camp, which I discovered quite recently, which is um, a good resource for helping you to learn how to use JavaScript. Um, and I've actually been I've been working through Free Code Camp because I'm I'm working on my own JavaScript and I'm really enjoying it and uh, I am building some lots of fun things. I made a calculator and I'm building a weather forecasting app and things like that in JavaScript and it's fun and I like it. And they've added lots of new things to it like um, D3 JS for um, like analytic analytical things and uh, React they've added in as well. And one of the React projects is building like an RPG, which sounds pretty cool. <laughs> um, but one thing that they have changed quite recently is that they are throwing the doors open um, and l- allowing you, I think a lot like a website, another website called HackerRank, which I don't know if either of you have heard of. Um, but uh, HackerRank is a coding site where they give you a challenge and you basically just you complete the challenge in any language you want, even some bizarre, obscure one. So they can they'll handle it. And Free Code Camp is actually opening up like that now. Um, so yeah. if you if you've heard about Free Code Camp, maybe on our show or or on a different podcast, because it's getting around a bit and you thought that's quite interesting, but I'm not overly interested in JavaScript because I, for example, maybe I like Python. Um, you can now go onto Free Code Camp and you can and you can complete the challenges uh, and build the apps uh, using using a language of your choice. Hmm. So that's pretty very cool. nice. That's cool. Yeah. So there you go. That's a little bit of news from me. Cool. It's nice that they're doing React as well because that's a nice and new and modern yes. sort of thing. People might know JavaScript but want to learn React. So it's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting up to that sort of stage because the 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 stuff I'm working through at the moment is all. It's all front end. It's under their front end certification. So, um, like a lot of the front end stuff, I just already know. And then there's the jQuery stuff where I just go, I hate jQuery. I'm going to use vanilla <laughs> JavaScript, and it takes me ten times longer, but I feel better for it. <laughs> so I just yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to getting onto something a little bit different. Um, so that's cool. But yeah, no, it's good fun. I really, I really like it. I like a bit of free code camp. Cool. Um, and. I was also, while we're talking about things from episodes long gone, can we please have an update on uh, Ben's electronic water bottle? Oh, you most certainly can, because I am pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Have they added a new feature? Has it got, like, uh, has it got an element in the bottom so that you can brew tea in it? (laughs) They've started, allegedly, shipping it. Um, Just find the exact words. Now, some people have got it, and the people that have got it are complaining that the much like your iPhone five, the Bluetooth isn't working, so it doesn't actually work. Um, Maybe Apple made that part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it specifically says in the last update they posted on Kickstarter, which is exactly a month ago today, 
Um, they said, to make sure that you are informed, we will also send you personal emails at least once a week within the next two weeks updating on the status of your order. They've said nothing. They're not replying to emails. <laughs> there's no Facebook chat. There's no Twitter replies. People keep posting on the things going, uh, where's my order? What's happening? What's going on? And there's nothing. Got no tracking number, no bottle. Um, and like, I don't really care because it's, it's a water bottle. And to be honest, I don't even need it anymore because I'm not tracking my water because it's kind of pointless. I just drink when I'm thirsty. But <laughs> ultimately, I have paid however much. I think it's like 70 quid or something for it. And it would be nice if at the very, very last stage when they're already like four months late with it, if they could actually, you know, keep their promises and say when it's coming. Um, but they haven't. So I've got no idea when it's going to turn up. It'll probably turn up tomorrow just to mess me up now. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> no, I've, I've not had anything. It's not turned up. I'm not sure when it's coming. Uh, and the people that have received it say it's not very good. So uh, another kickstarter success. That's a shame. But they got all their money, so they're happy. <laughs> yeah, 640 grand. Ooh, oh, that's a lot of money for a water bottle. Water bottles. How many <laughs> bottles of mineral water could you buy for that? <laughs> that's, that's just one. All of them. Yeah. I paid for one bottle. You could buy a mountain with its spring. <laughs> I wish you could. We should get Somehow one of those. I don't know why, but all I can imagine is Brian Blessed yodeling at the top of that yes. mountain. Yes. That's we should um, pay that much for one. Well, I think we should add this to our list of um, divide. Um, Conquest of Justice, or whatever we called it a few episodes ago. Quest for Vengeance. Just, Quest for Vengeance. Just, That's it. We should set up a gift list. You know, if you really like the show, you can buy us Mass Effect Blessed. Andromeda or a water bottle yes. or Brian Blessed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should start like, started to actually build a mountain with a mount with a with a, no, 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 no. a water. <laughs> What we need to do is get a Kickstarter in order to hire Brian Blessed in order to do the Divide intro music. Yes. You're listening to the Divide! Yeah. That'd be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, and, uh, John, I understand you've backed some Kickstarters as well. You're a fool. Yeah, we've... never turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Had a bit of Kickstarter chatter recently, so I thought I'd just fill you in with my recent Kickstarter addictions that have been kicking in since our show but i talked about the olo 3d printer on the last show and and i always set up reminders for these things and when it came through i was like oh i think i need to do this so so i've backed the little 3d printer that kind of sits on top of your phone and that's about 120 dollars, and it will print things up to a certain size but the thing that sort of pushed me over the edge was i, I measured the size and i measured the size of a warhammer figure uh. and the printer's bigger, and I was like, if I can print, I mean, I say Warhammer figure because people like Games Workshop know what it is, but I use it for printing off RPG characters, so, yeah. you know, for Dungeons and Dragons yeah. and things, and I just thought, if I print a dozen of little figures for use in D&D games, then it's worth it, you know, because <laughs> it's so cool having a customised figure of your character, so I'm hoping, and it's really, it's a lot more higher resolution than the the kind of injection printer that I've already got. So it's about four times higher quality. Um, so theoretically, if uh, if it ever gets delivered, it's not it's not due until September, October. So that means, you know, August next year when it finally gets delivered uh, and it works, hopefully, then um, it's going to be awesome. If, I'm gonna just... if you get on, will you print me a beholder? Oh, no, because I don't know what you'll do with it. Uh... <laughs> 
Oh, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> It'll have to be a little bit but I can print you a little bit. Yeah. Can you print me a Warhammer-sized Brian Blessed? <laughs> <laughs> I'll print one for each of us. Yeah. So that, is, that is a requirement, I think. Yes. Olo's alive! Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. We've the dropped other, arms. Yeah. <laughs> the only other quick Kickstarter thing I saw recently was uh, there's a Dark Souls board game, and it was... They were asking for fifty thousand pounds, and they raised that in the first three minutes. Really? Uh, <laughs> and I was cons- strongly considering backing it because it looks like a very good quality, you know, components and a very nice game. But it's eighty quid. That's Ooh. a lot for a board uh, Obviously, you get all the the stretch goals and things, so it's going to basically be the core cool set. It's a stretch goal like a refund, a partial refund. <laughs> <laughs> but eighty quid, and it's going to take a year for it to arrive. I was like. This is pushing it, even for me. I do like board games and Dark Souls, but 80 quid. Twice the video game, you know? <laughs> video game which took three to four years to make and 100 people cost 40 quid, and the board games cost twice as much. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. So I'm not sure yet. I'll, I'll update you on the next show whether I, whether I backed it or not, because I'm going to get a reminder in two weeks saying, now's your chance. It looks pretty good. It looks a bit Warhammer Questy. Hmm. And it's uh, apparently there's a lot of strategy about where you place your heroes on the board because certain turns the monsters will attack in an arc and sometimes they'll attack on a line. So you have to kind of get to learn the monsters a bit and how they attack so you can stand in safe places, which is like the video game, which is pretty cool. Right. But I just don't know how much I'll play it for 80 quid. I mean, I'll, I think I'll like it. I just don't know how many people would. I know people who play it once or twice to see what it's like, but I don't know people who play it over and over. Right. And therefore, 80 quid for two nights of fun. I know this is this is slightly tangential, but I heard recently apparently there is a board game that you can get that costs something like eighty dollars, um, but you can only play it once, or rather once you've you can you can play it as many times as you want as long as you don't complete it. But once you complete it, you will never be able to play it again because it will be exactly the same experience. And the only way to play it again... <laughs> I heard about this. ...is to yeah. buy expansion packs. And the expansion packs are also like $40, $50. And if they there's can only a, be played once. I don't understand. There's a sequence of... There's a game called uh, Risk Legacy. Yes, And this might that. be what you're thinking. Where it's similar. And the idea is that after every match, you permanently alter the board by maybe scratching off a province so you can never go there in future games or... Or changing it. So I guess once you've hacked the board up after like 15 games, you've basically got to throw it away. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I don't... Something about me doesn't like that because I'm the sort of person who keeps all my board games nicely boxed and, and never scratched. But the other side of me thinks most games i probably only play 10 or 15 times. So mm. <laughs> you know what? Play it that many times and then be done with it anyway. It doesn't really matter. And you get a nice campaign because you're actually changing the game every time. So... I like the idea, but I'm not sure if I'd buy it. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, board games, you've reminded me of a piece of follow-up news. Um, when we discussed board games a little while back, we talked about uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Yes. Um, mm. And they've recently announced that they're releasing their very first expansion pack, which is incredible, bearing in mind how old the game is now. Uh, um, and that's coming out at the end of the year, and it's called Widow's Walk. And cool. has, um, I think... Just having a look on their website. 20 new room tiles, 8 omen cards, 11 item cards, and 11 event cards. Um, so that's cool, because that's Ooh. a great game. So if you've already played like all 50 haunts, uh, you can get like an extra 20 or so. 
Oh, sorry, no, nice. 50, 50 brand new haunts. Nice. Um, so yeah, you get you get quite a lot extra, big expansion, and then twenty new rooms, including a previously unexplored floor. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh awesome! So that's pretty cool. Um, so moving on, then, um, has anybody got any news that they would like to talk about that they've encountered over the last week? Yeah. So something which I saw a few days ago actually was that. Um, Maizu, uh, they they make a lot of Android phones. I guess probably based in China, but um, but they're quite powerful. Kind of eight core, two gigs of RAM, 1080p phones. So they're very similar in form factor to the iPhone six plus. Mm-hmm. And they've recently started a what's the word like partnership with Canonical. So they're releasing an Ubuntu version, and it runs the full desktop operating system with a special layer they put over it. So that you can, you know, operate it with your your thumbs. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know a huge amount about it, but I think the idea of that technology is cool. And I know that the eventual goal, uh, I don't think it's there yet. I think it's mostly just a phone, but you can you can actually sort of connect into it with SSH and run your own software on it. But the ultimate goal is that you'll be able to pick up your phone, go to work, plug it into a dock next to your computer, and there is a I think it's got three gigs of RAM, sorry, but there is a version with four gigs. And the idea, obviously, is that you can just put it in a dock and then carry on working. Nice. Because uh, it's got four gigs of RAM and yeah. eight core processor. and Continue on work- working on Ubuntu, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's better than Windows, surely. <laughs> yeah, but it's like being given an iron when you've got no arms. <laughs> or here's a, a really cool ironing board that you can use at home and in the office oh but you have to use it with your mouth <laughs> that's how i look at ubuntu uh, but um but no i mean especially if you're in the techie industry and you can work on linux like doing website editing and things without not necessarily the, not the pretty side but the, the code editing side i think it's a cool idea and um the phone itself is only I think it's 350 bucks or something so it's quite a reasonable price and yeah okay not a huge amount more to say just cool. interesting though could be really cool in a year or two if they if they sort all the tech out yes cool thank you for that i enjoyed that piece of information thoroughly as well as ben's <laughs> mocking of it <laughs> now it's time for ben to give us some news that john can mock well we talked Stupid. about the um <laughs> We talked about the HTC Vive a little while ago, the, um, the virtual reality headset that does sort of full-scale room tracking. Um, and I'm pretty interested in getting one, but obviously seeing as it's like £700, I'd quite like to try it out first. So lo and behold, I found out that overclockers.co.uk, um, they've got a shop um, up in, uh, where is it? Uh, in, I can't remember the name of the place, but it's up north. Um, it's near <laughs> London. Yeah, <what's> <laughs> I want to say Slough, but that's not right. It's completely slipped my mind. I Stoke. go there quite often. Stoke, that's it. Stoke, up in Stoke, um, they've got a showroom where they sell like the computer components and stuff. But they also have a twenty square meter room where they're doing HTC Vive demos in. So you can book a slot online. It's completely free, um, and then you get twenty minutes where they'll let you play various games and they set you all up. And then they just leave you to it for 20 minutes where you can sit and play with games and have a look at how it all works. So if you're interested in buying a HTC Vive, uh, but you don't want to you know, wait for a very expensive 
games conference to come through town where you can go and then maybe queue up for two hours to go and try it out for five minutes uh head up to stoke and uh give it give it a try i've not actually been yet i was planning on going last week but i ended up not being able to um so yeah definitely give it a try cool sounds cool okay well if uh nobody has anything else news wise we'll move on to today's main topic which is reboots now um this really popped into my head um a couple of weeks ago when i saw the captain america civil war trailer or the rather the the one where they finally um showed you a clip of spider-man and i wasn't able to talk about that trailer because that was also the episode that i was cut out (laughs) what finally some spider-man i've been crying out for some my god all of this remake of marvel and i'm just like oh come on guys a bit of spider-man a bit of spider-man i want to see spider-man i want to see iron man i want to see them face off that's what i want so <laughs> <laughs> they are they are the ones in the trailer right that's right but spider-man <laughs> is on iron man's team i believe so um i'm not sure he... oh sorry yeah he calls them sorry captain america yeah captain america and <laughs> Uh, yeah anyway so all of ben's mocking aside um i actually like i came away from watching that trailer thinking i i'm i'm finally it's the first time i've been excited about spider-man since probably when the sequels to the sam raimi films were coming out because um as we well as john certainly knows and i'm sure ben has heard um they took the spider-man or sony took the spider-man um property and rebooted it for no really good reason sort of like fewer than 10 years after a perfectly good two films and a third film which i actually really enjoyed um and they were awful they were just awful and uh, i did not enjoy them and so i was really super against that reboot and then now they're rebooting it again and i'm super for it and it just sort of got me thinking actually reboots are mental at the moment i mean there are so many reboots Mm -hmm. out in the world um and i was just sort of thinking maybe we should have a chat about it what 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 why is there so much rebooting going on in hollywood at the moment do you want me to save my incredibly negative feelings to everything until later you put it in in you could save it till just about an hour's time after the show that'd be great (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, that's mean. I'll let John go first. You, you answer the question first. I'll wait. I, I was just going to say that um, I, I think the primary reason is because people want safe money. You think I so? I mean, let's be honest. The people who are funding these things are sitting on a pile of a billion dollars, and they think, how can I get two? Um, and if you've got someone who walks up with a random script idea and you think, hmm, I don't really know if it's good or not because... You know, I'm just a guy with a pile of money. Mm. And someone else comes in and goes, hey, look, Spider-Man made a million dollars last year uh, or five years ago. I think it's time we can do it again. Huh. Okay. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I suspect... The thing is with games, when they bring out sequels, sometimes I genuinely think somebody wants to to push the boundary further and take it further afield. But that hardly ever happens with films. It just Mm. seems to be regurgitating. And, And I can only think it's because there's less kind of creative vision in a reboot so whereas a sequel for a video game there's a lot of creativity because you think what can we do that we didn't do before but in a yeah. film you just think how can we 
make more money off this franchise. There's a difference between a sequel and a reboot as well, and a remake. Um, yes. They're all slightly different things. Um, is there a difference between a remake and a reboot? I think there is. Like, um, for example, in my opinion, a remake is when you completely remake something, but you have the same characters. Uh, so you have the same names, for example, but you might have changed something. Um, so, for example, um, I'm going to use computer game because it's easier from my point of view. Yes. Um, if you look at something like Zelda The Wind Waker, when they did the HD remaster for the Wii U, <clears throat> they actually changed it. They changed some of the puzzles to make it easier, uh, and they changed some of the things that happen in the story, um, which I take a very negative view on because that's kind of the point. Um, in the same way that when they remade... Um, Ocarina of Time for the 3DS, they made the water temple easier, which is like, <laughs> well, why, why make it easier? It was difficult, but that's the point. Mm. Um, whereas I think something like uh, when they remade Mario 64 for the DS, I consider that more of a reboot um, because it was completely different because you actually start the game as Toad. So <laughs> it's like you, you actually <laughs> play as four different people through the game and the levels are different and stuff is different throughout it's just set in the mario 64 world so a reboot is when you like completely restart something uh it might be the same characters but you're basically starting afresh it might be a different story but with the same people with different cast whereas a remake is when you um tell the exact same story but just Mm. with different people different actors but the names are the same um so i'm trying to think of a good example in Hollywood. I would think like um, I think James Bond is a good reboot uh, because Casino Royale. They went back in time and started again from the very very beginning. Like as soon as he becomes a double O agent, mm. and so obviously the Daniel Craig films, he is very different to the other ones. It is different stories, but it's in the same universe. But they have rebooted it because you've gone back to the starting point of the franchise. Right. Whereas it's not a remake. A remake would be like when they made uh, Die. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Never Say Never, never Again, say never. which was a remake of Fun. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So a reboot, I, I say, is like when you completely remove everything and go back. Uh, so I had another good example, but I can't remember what it was. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm just thinking of a couple of examples, and I think something like Frankenstein was a remake because they just kind of built the same story again, as yeah. was the Day of the Earth so still. But maybe yeah. Planet of the Apes was a reboot. Yes, exactly. Or maybe even like a reimagining, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring a reimagining is just a reboot. That's when you redo it. It's like when you yeah. do like origin stories. Sometimes they're prequels, like if they include the same people as the later films, but oftentimes they can lead to a reboot because once you've caught up, you then, you know, remake the thing that you were leading up to so batman is probably a good example we obviously had the tim burton batman films and the original batman film with um jack nicholson um and then you've got batman returns and then they sort of went progressively and then they rebooted it with christian bale where you go back to the origin story again and then retell all the stuff in a slightly different way See, that, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, actually, because that was one that I've been thinking about. Um, because I, I wonder if this is a change in, in maybe public perception of, of, of what a reboot is, or maybe that we, some, of us, some of us care slightly differently. Because those Batman films are a great example, because you've got the Michael Keaton Batman films, and they're brilliant. 
And then they made another Batman film and they had Val Kilmer. And like nobody great. thought tw- nobody thought twice. It was just like, it's another Batman film. And Michael Keaton couldn't do it anymore. So we got different actors. Like, okay, fair enough. Um, and I think it was supposed to be in the same continuity, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And then you had the um, uh, the film with George Clooney, which I have not seen. It's the only <laughs> Batman film I've never seen. And I don't really intend to. And that was a different <laughs> actor. And I think it was just, no, you know, nobody went, Oh my God, you can't, you change, different actor, blah, 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 and nobody did, and it was fine. And then, and then, uh, you know, how many years passed? 15 years passed, maybe more, and then they did Batman Begins. And again, nobody was really that fussed about it, possibly because the last film had left such a sour taste in their mouth. <laughs> and you get the, you get, um, uh, what's this, what's the, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, which was, you know, pretty good all in. And then, but then it's like, immediately later Warner Brothers cast Ben Affleck and say right and now we're going to make a new Batman film and it's a reboot and we're totally doing it again and it's like and suddenly the internet just exploded um, <laughs> partially because it was Ben Affleck and just partly because uh, and and in in defense of that I haven't seen Batman versus Superman but supposedly Ben Affleck's Batman is the best thing about it um, <laughs> but it's like a large that part was, of that, that was though. when they went. They just immediately decided that right now we're going to reboot it straight away. A large part of that, though, I mean, people complaining about it is that you know Twitter has been around a while now, and now everyone's on Twitter. Like back mm. in the day when the original <clears throat> uh, Dark Knight was released, um, I don't remember what year that was, but I'm assuming most of the people on Twitter were, as I remember it when I joined Twitter back in like 2009, uh, they were geeks talking about mm. you know computer stuff. Uh, whereas now that everyone and his dog is on Twitter, uh, <laughs> it's just full of snarky bitches. So mm. everyone has something to complain about, which is just modern society. Everyone likes to complain about everything but never want to make anything themselves, mm. which draws into the whole point of this thing. Um, I think that the reason there are so many reboots is because the number of new people going into the film industry are people who are vacuous and have no sense of life or meaning who have grown up arguing on Twitter about every bloody thing under the sun and the only thing that they can bring to a meeting is hey I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a kid let's remake that and that's all I can think that it could be is that I I don't like to use the word millennial because I think it's stupid uh, and I disagree with most of the things about it uh but there is a lot of um sense to that in mm. a lot of people these days the young you know people 20s to 30s who are starting out uh they are generally work shy and uh, generally don't have good ideas and they're very entitled and i think that they think oh let's just remake this old thing that'll do i'll pitch that to the boss man upstairs and he goes yeah all right i'll make money do it yeah i don't See, care I, it's good I, good job you're not a teacher ben uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do like it when you've got something which would could possibly be classed. I mean, so you mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I have no intention of seeing that film, but oh. um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon is something that I remember fondly from my childhood. And they've obviously, there is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that is out now. Is that a reboot? I, I don't know. I, no. I guess it probably is uh, in the same way that um, there's quite a few things that have come back recently yeah. the clangers came back yes like what that's like a reboot i imagine you don't really think of it as a reboot though because it doesn't have the depth of storytelling no. that something but, like so i like batman does <laughs> yeah so i watched an episode of the new teenage mutant ninja turtles cartoon um last week not 
uh, it's not something that I watch I've ever watched before but I had read about this particular episode and so I wanted to watch it and this is what separates this reboot from something like maybe the amazing spider-man films um in the this particular episode these these new cgi turtles um go through some sort of dimensional portal and end up in the 1990s turtles cartoon and they got back all of the old voice actors and they and they basically teamed up and went on an adventure and it was i really enjoyed it because it was like it was a full acknowledgement that the thing that I used to like is still exists. Mm. Um, that and draws me to yeah. something particular about reboots that I sometimes I like and sometimes I dislike, and it, it entirely depends on on the film. In that, I think a lot of the time when they do a reboot, people get annoyed because they're like, "Don't you destroy my childhood? Why are you remaking the things that I love?" Um, that'd be you, Chris. Sometimes they do fan service where it's like, Oh, we're going to show you little bits and pieces from like the old films that you'll remember. and like little nods and little winks. to like how it was back in the old days. And sometimes I find that really endearing and I'm like, Oh, I really like the way that they've brought those things together. And other times I'm just like, stop ruining my childhood. Stop legitimizing <laughs> this reboot with <laughs> the old stuff. Like you're nodding back to it. It's, difficult it's difficult yes. to get that right i feel it, it kind of needs to say it, it kind of needs to pay homage to it and say ah look at that it was great but not too much you know just like a a nod or two that says how great the old one was i think is i don't know that feels fine but when they start to try and tie it in or say oh look that used to be good but now this is better see like, i like that kind of stuff when it's a sequel so if you're looking mm-hmm. at things like the two good examples for me are James Bond and Doctor Who because they're good examples where they could be reboots but they're not because they're different actors each time and sometimes the entire tone of the thing changes like the Roger Moore films are obviously very different to the um, Sean Connery films or Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who is very different to Christopher Eccleston's Um, and they could be reboots but they're not they're continuations so when you know uh, Matt Smith does something that's a nod to David Tennant's Doctor Who. Mm. I'm like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. And I like that because you sort of get like a little, you know, oh, that's nice. I like that, the way they've done that. Mm. Um, and they're particularly good, like when they did the, their 50th anniversary and they had like Tom Baker came back and he was just like someone completely <laughs> different, but it was blatantly supposed to be him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's cool. In the same way that in um, uh, James Bond, I think it was Die Another Day was the one that they did in their 40th anniversary year. And when they're going through Q's lab, there's like loads of the old like equipment from old Bond films. Right. And it's like, oh, that's really nice. I like the way they've done that. That's fine in a sequel. I don't like it in reboots. Because in a reboot, it's like you're going, ha, remember that thing that we did a while ago that was great? And now we've remade it. And invariably, for people that saw the original, the reboot generally isn't as good. It's kind of like the way that I compare it is people that read a book of something and then it gets made into a film. And the people that read the book generally hate the film because the film changes things or does things differently or doesn't do it as you imagine it. That's how I feel about reboots. It's like I've read the book and now I'm watching the shoddy film. But in this case, you've seen the film and now you're watching a shoddy film. of it <laughs> with them trying to like draw to it and be like oh hey remember that thing that was cool i don't like that yeah fair enough um i i was thinking like i don't and again you might disagree on whether this is a reboot or a remake but 
I was looking into this and something that I did know, but I'd forgotten and then it sort of came back to me is that um, I Am Legend is actually a remake or a reboot of a seriously old film, um, The Omega Man, mm. which is from the, what, 60s maybe? Um, and I think, in fact, it's even the second remake, the second time it's been remade. Um, and so actually, that I mean, I Am Legend was a long time ago, but the, whatever version came before that, presumably must have been sometime in the 80s or 90s. So is rebooting actually such a new thing, such an old thing, a new thing? I meant new thing. Or, well, a lot of the, a lot of old films were reboots, like Frankenstein and things. Yeah. They were reboots from 50 years. You know, they yeah. did a black and white version and then they rebooted it 50 years later in colour. And, and I think that's fine because it's an old yeah. film that people are probably not going to want to watch because it's like playing a game with rubbish graphics, isn't it? From mm-hmm. from the nineties, you don't want to do it. Like, Which leads yeah. me to think there is a time where it's fine. You know? Yeah, there is a length of time at which point you go, yeah, it's now fine to reboot this. Yeah. See, I don't know if I agree with that because I think it's fine if you're telling the same general story but you've remade it a slight way, in the same way that Disney basically stole all of Grimm's fairy tales and just you know changed a few details to make them a bit more friendly for kids. Mm. But it was the same story. Sometimes they'd change the names, sometimes they wouldn't. So I kind of don't mind that. And it sounds like I Am Legend, if, it's, if it wasn't a film called I Am Legend and it's different then I'm generally okay with it. What I don't like is when they take something that happened and then they just remake it exactly the same but newer, like the Italian job. It's like yeah. that is I like widely regarded. It's widely regarded to be a classic film. If you want to tell that story again, tell that story again, but don't call it the Italian job. Just do it. <laughs> it's a different story. And I know you're going to hate this, Chris, but I'm I think probably... one film that does this well is Star Wars Episode Seven because they basically retell the story of A New Hope. Signing but off. <laughs> they retell the story of A New Hope, but it isn't A New Hope. It's different. There's different characters. There's different the same things hope. going on. But it's, it is very similar, but it is a different story. It's not, you know, A New Hope remastered. It's not, you know, Star Wars A New Hope again. It's yeah. a different story, but similarly done and a good well a bad example of this thing that i hate lately is disney um who generally i love all the stuff that disney does but i really have an issue with the way that they are rebooting animated films as live action films yes so who doesn't like cinderella cartoons? well there's that but it's also like get some new stories like it's not hard <laughs> Or change the names. Why do we need a live-action version of The Jungle Book? Why do yes. we need a live-action version of Beauty mm. and the Beast? Yes. The live-action version of Cinderella was very good because it was exactly Cinderella. I was expecting like a twist or some difference. Uh, like when they did Maleficent, it isn't the story of um, whichever one that is. Sleeping Beauty, is it? Maleficent? I think it is. Um, <clears throat> it was actually completely different. It was like a, uh, this is the story from her side, which was kind of cool because it was different. Yeah. Um, whereas Cinderella, I was expecting all the way through for a twist, and there wasn't one. And it was like, oh, okay, this is this is just the animated version of Cinderella <laughs> actors, including uh, uh, what's the guy Rob Stark? Rob Stark was in it as Prince Charming. <laughs> I was expecting a cool. wedding half. <laughs> That's the twist. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting the twist was they're going to cut his head off. Um, but no, so I, I really dislike the fact that Disney 
who are pioneers of storytelling and animation and all that stuff have been reduced to it was bad enough exactly. with things like The Jungle Book 2, straight to DVD. But yeah. when you start going, oh, we're going to make a live-action version of The Jungle Book, I'm just like, oh, give it a rest. Why? Yeah. Why got yeah. to do this? Yeah. And I like, suppose if... No, go on. If you, want to talk, if you want to make a story about a small Indian boy talking to animals, growing up with them, and eventually defeating a tiger, do it. But don't call it The Jungle Book. Just... Make it slightly different and call it something else. Call it boy versus tiger in the yeah. jungle. <laughs> I am boy tiger killer. I am boy tiger, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so John Bottega to be an ex. It sounds very similar to boy tiger. <laughs> John boy tiger. <laughs> Do you think at any point that it is necessary to film a reboot? in order to fix a, a, a film property that is broken. Like, and, I, and I'm thinking back on the, the one that naturally comes to mind is, is those Spider-Man films. I, it's probably not necessary to make another Spider-Man film, but boy, I'm really excited for, to see a new take on Spider-Man because I, I really did not enjoy the last ones. Um, but actually something, it, it brings me back to my, my favorite director and my favorite franchise that he, that I was very unhappy with what he did with it. But actually, if you take if you take the Star Trek franchise, something that I'm, you know, a lot of people are very passionate about. Um, and I certainly am a big fan. Um, but it was it was done, you know, it was very 90s mm. and it was trying to exist in the in the 21st century and it wasn't doing a very good job and it got you know the last star trek series was cancelled and um if and if you've seen it uh, i think that was perhaps a little unfair because it was it was pretty good but what in in rebooting it with these films which uh, it took me a very long time to accept that film as good um and it was only really because it in itself um admits to the fact that it takes place in a parallel universe mm, and yeah. and so I, I that's the only way i'm able to get over it but it has sparked enough interest in the star trek franchise that they are now making a series and even better than that it's just been revealed um in the last week or so that the new series is actually going to be set back in the other in the old universe it's not even going to use jj uh-huh. abrams rebooted universe so i think it's wonderful you know it's re it's brought back a franchise you know a, a, a well-loved franchise that had possibly you know had its day so yeah i guess i mean the word necessary is a bit weird yes, you know, you're right it's necessary, not necessary. It's, it's no, nothing, but, um, nothing's necessary you're right you're absolutely right but i do think a uh, reboot can sometimes do a good thing like like you say this is a really good example i mean i I didn't hate the new film. Uh, I didn't love it, but I watched it and went, yeah, it's not really a Star Trek film, but I enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, and the fact that it's kind of brought more attention back to the franchise that we all grew up with, I'm like, yeah, that's that's even cooler. Uh, and I hadn't heard this news that you were saying in the last week. Or I should so, have put so it in cool, cool news, actually. But yeah, oh, it's good, isn't it? See, the, mm. the counterpoint I say to that is, though, that I enjoyed the new Star Trek film, but the thing that annoys me is that it's the same story, pretty much, including down to the whole Spock Khan. Oh well, into which, darkness. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of people it, are unhappy with that. I think a large part of me thinks, okay, you want to do a new Star Trek film, do a new Star Trek film, but have a new story. Yes. Like mm. you don't necessarily need them to be Kirk and Spock. There's yes. no need for that. Like you could have made 
a brand new, you know, a new captain, a new something, just make a new Star Trek film. People will still pay to see it. It'll still be a success if it's a good film. Yes. It doesn't need the weight of that behind it. In the same way that with Star Wars, they didn't have, you know, oh, Luke Skywalker played by a new person or that kind of stuff. And so <clears throat> I think it's great that it has worked and they have got new um, <clears throat> a new series coming and all of that kind of stuff. But I do think that that probably would have happened even if they hadn't used an old story to do it. I don't mm. think there's a good reason for them just to go, well, we'll just retell this story again with the same characters. Mm. That'll do. Yes. You see, I liked, I liked seeing the cast reimagined, but I could have done with a new story. Yes. Like, I quite enjoyed seeing a new take on the same characters, and mm. I had I felt like I had an instant connection with them, which was nice. Um, but I, like you say, it would have been nice as a whole new story. I guess it does that, not have to be a regurgitated tale. That's but I did like seeing the characters. So you're saying it would be better, much like a James Bond film, which doesn't. Mm. I have to put that with a pinch of salt because obviously <laughs> the new ones are reboots. But like when they went from Timothy Dalton to Pierce Brosnan, there was like a 15 year gap, and then it's like his new yeah. Bond film is Goldeneye. Get, get on with it yeah and that was even better because goldeneye wasn't even an ian fleming book so it was completely new whereas the bond films are realistically you know uh adaptations of ian fleming's books yeah so that was kind of cool um and so maybe with star trek they could have done that it's like here are the same characters but new story and by the way they're played by different actors i think that yeah fine well, as well uh, even I would have bought that. Yeah, even more with Star Trek. Actually, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with them with them doing like a, a remake, as you say, with you know the same characters. Fine, that's absolutely fine. But what the thing that I was not cool with is like why go with such an insanely large shift in canon? Like, <laughs> just if you're going to remake Star Trek and use the same characters, make it like Star Trek. <laughs> like, don't don't just have. Um, you know, just like blowing up planets that that shouldn't be blown up, and have every all of the technology look totally different. They do it like with I the guess. Millennium Falcon, where the Millennium Falcon in Episode Seven has even got that incredible like two D display when they're trying <laughs> when, when they're using a gun turret. You know, that's how it should have been if they're going to do a remake. I guess I, I imagine a large part of that is that's probably just corporate interference. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, we need to sell new toys. We need new stuff. It needs to look new, all shiny. Do this stuff, blow planets up. Because to be honest, <clears throat> and I could be completely wrong here, but I've always felt that Star Trek has played kind of second fiddle to Star Wars in the film sense of things, not in the TV series, yeah. obviously. Uh, but in the film sense, the films have never been as successful as Star Wars was. And so maybe with this remake, they're trying to cash in on some of that angle and be like, well, Shit, blow up planets, change this. doesn't matter because we're rebooting, so who cares? Yeah. At least they picked a stunningly good director to, to bring about to Wives. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I think a lot of this stuff with reboots, like if you think about the films that are rebooted that people argue about, they are things which appeal to geeks. So they're things like Star Trek, Star Wars, Spider-Man, mm. Batman, comic books, that kind of stuff gets rebooted and people get pissed about it no yeah. one really cared when the italian job got rebooted um because you know there's not hardcore fans and if they are they're probably in italy uh <laughs> trying to get many coopers yeah. so watching, drinking lots of espressos yeah. so I, I think a lot of it is kind of navel gazing to a degree like 
it's very easy for us to sit here and complain about the fact that Star Trek isn't the reboot that we wanted. But mm. at the same time, it's like, well, it's a new Star Trek film. It's like, okay, well, that's cool. You don't like it. Well, these kids like it. And a lot of this mm. stuff, especially the geeky stuff like superheroes, is really marketed at kids. They are kids' films at the end of the mm. day. Um, I mean, there is a lot of it that's aimed more at the adult audience because the kids that loved it when they were younger have grown up loving this kind of stuff. And so yeah. now you've got 30, 40-year-olds that love Spider-Man. Um, that's naturally going to happen, but they're mm. still selling it to children because that's True. who's going to buy the toys, who are going to buy you know, the lunchboxes with it stuck on. How much merchandise are we as adults going to buy admittedly some of us will probably buy far too much but <laughs> yeah. you'll yeah. you'll buy the lego especially set. if there's i was gonna <laughs> say especially if there's a lego dimensions ah <laughs> yeah. oh, screw you uncle ben yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um no i i think a lot of it is marketed towards kids so yeah they're not yeah. precious about stuff like canon sometimes they are but other times they're not and it's you know luck of the draw in a lot of it yeah okay Good. So here's a question. Uh, do either of you have any reboots who that you are either looking forward to or are delighted by their existence or what they've done or how they've changed things? Maybe not. I don't know. I've got, I've got a couple. You loved what? Yeah, it just requires thinking. I mean, like, like I say, I was pleased with the Star Trek reboot Yeah. because... I was worried that there was never going to be any more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And no, it's, I agree it's a that. universe that I really like to look into. Yeah. And yes, it's a different one because they've changed the story and things, but it was just like, I can't say that I was you know, over the moon with the f- f- uh, film, but it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it when I went to watch it. I haven't bought it. Mm. I haven't thought about watching it again, but I enjoyed the experience and just the fact that it's kept that universe alive is what is, that's what I welcome with open arms. Yeah. So. Uh, I tell you, a reboot that I have actually really enjoyed is the uh, that I wasn't convinced that I would is the recent run of X Men films, mm. um, and that they did a sensible thing by just saying, "Well, let's just take this back to the seventies, and then we don't have to interfere with anything." Until, of course, they then sent Wolverine back in time to completely rewrite <laughs> continuity. But still, <laughs> but still, I I I really you know, X, Days of Future Past was was superb reboot film. I, I really? hated it <laughs> but i've never watched any of the other x-men films so uh, i watched that's a, true. And I, I, played I, and I quite enjoyed it um yeah and i'll tell you another reboot um kind of a reboot that i enjoyed that unfortunately died an early death was the the constantine tv series um mm. because the constantine film was i mean it was awful without knowing anything about the hellblazer comics but then Later on in life, I read some Hellblazer comics, really enjoyed them, watched Constantine, and it was incredibly good. And uh, it, it was um, sort of consistently high rating in uh, in episode reviews, but then it just got canned, and it's and it's gone, and that, that makes me sad. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to see that rebooted, maybe, um, or in that it would be good if it was picked up by a different network or, or somebody had another go. One of the things that I've enjoyed that's been rebooted lately is um, The Muppets, uh, which is a weird one. Yeah, no, fair but enough. The Muppets have been around for years and years and years yes. and years, and they obviously disappeared for a while. And then a few years back, probably about five, six years ago now, Disney just came out with a brand new Muppets film just called The Muppets. 
Yes. And it was great. It had, um, I forget the actor's name, but he was in. Um, it's the guy from. I Met Your Mother. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Same guy, <laughs> and, but different film. And Jason Segel. Really Jason Segel, that's it. Um, and it was a great film, partly because it was mainly a musical and because the Muppet version of a Muppet is apparently the actor that plays Sheldon in The Big Bang Theory, which was amazingly <laughs> funny, um, and had great cameos and stuff through it, good songs, really good music done by the guy that made uh, Flight of the Concord. Um, and I thought that that was such a good reboot because it took the piss out of itself. Like, it knew that it wasn't good. Like, the, the Muppets brand <laughs> wasn't as good as it was. And so they're trying to get it back by, like, going to, like, this rundown theatre and rebuilding it. And I thought this is a really clever reboot because they're acknowledging the fact that no one knows who they are these days. Um, so that was good. And it got even better when they did the second film, um, when they started it off with a song called We're Doing a Sequel. And it's like, uh, the, like the lyrics and stuff. Like the studios decided we're a major franchise again, um, and like one guy pops up and he's like, uh, "This is actually our seventh sequel because we've done seven previous films." So technically, you know, I like, I like a film that acknowledges itself as a film. It's good. Yeah, like in the first few minutes, and it's even going like, like the song is purely about how sequels are terrible, and it's like, let's hope we don't make a Godfather three. <laughs> it's like Dis- Disney are only bankrolling this until Tom Hanks makes Toy Story 4. <laughs> it's a great film, really funny. Um, but then they did a TV series, um, which is, um, I can't remember what network it's on. I think it's ABC, because uh, that's one that Disney owns. Um, but it was on Sky One for a while over here. Um, and they remade it like The Office. So Miss Piggy has a chat show, and the whole format is like that shaky camera documentary style thing. Like mm-hmm. 16 episodes. And it's so funny. It's much more adult, much like the Muppets was when they originally launched it, like in the 70s. Um, Really, really very, very funny. And it's such a great reboot because it's like the characters that you know, the story is completely and utterly different, but it is the same thing, essentially, but just more geared to the people that watched the Muppets when they were kids. Yeah, nice. I like it. A really good reboot. I definitely recommend watching both the films and the TV show. I would like to see the films actually because I, I I do like them up. It's I'm waiting, just waiting until I tried Alistair with it and he was disinterested. But maybe when he's a little bit older, I think that. Oh, just, just you and Sophie sit down and watch it yourselves with about one. Yeah, they're great, great films. So, anybody got any reboots that they are unhappy about? I got one. I got one, but I'll save it. I have one that yeah. might be the same. Okay. You go. And that, you that go. is no, Ghostbusters. No, you go first. Oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, no, absolutely. It wasn't mine, but I totally agree. Get I off mean, my land. Partly, yeah, partly the just the concept of rebooting it, but I wouldn't be that offend, offended until I saw the trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it just looks like it's pissing all over the original. Yeah. Just like, oh. That trailer was so bad it killed my internet connection, I remember. <laughs> To you out of action for two weeks. Yeah. Before I started talking about the Muppets, I was going to choose Ghostbusters for reboots I'm excited about. Really? Yeah, fair enough. But I suppose it's different, isn't it? It's like we were saying, and it's like we said a couple of weeks ago, it's because you didn't have it, you don't have that invested love in it, I guess, because you've only oh, seen right, it Chris. recently. That's right, Chris, I got this. I got the kick button on Skype. Yeah. Ben, ben will be gone in a sec. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the cartoons, but not the films. Uh, but I kind of... I, I say it half-heartedly because I don't want it to be a reboot. I don't want it to be the Ghostbusters film again, but just with women and 
the roles all reversed. So like I know they've got like the um the receptionist who was a woman in the original films is a man in this one. And like the whole role reversal thing is like, uh, okay. Who's kind a of, good female of... Rick Moranis? Um <laughs> The woman that plays uh Louise in Bob's Burgers. I, I don't say. know what Bob's Burgers is, but I'll go. I'll, she, I'll looks, she looks very similar to him. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I cut you off in your stride. Go for it. My point is that I like the idea of Ghostbusters. Like I, the thing that I disliked about it, the films, is there were only two of them, and to be honest, I thought they were all right. I didn't think they were amazing. They were right, but it all happened in one city, and so if this film was set in a different city and they're female Ghostbusters and it's modern day. Fine, cool, no problem with that at all. It's more like a sequel. It's just Ghostbusters 3, but they've called it something different. Yeah. Uh, mm. And it's, you know, a similar type of thing happening, but a different film. If it is just a reboot of the first film, but with gender reversal, then I find it much more eh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to tell until we actually see the film, because yeah. trailers oftentimes make things look good which tend to be rubbish or they look terrible and then they end up being awesome so yeah we'll find out soon enough okay do you have any reboots that you is this time for your rant then or do you want me to do mine so that you can oh say no it? i did i did my rant earlier you've done you done yours. yours okay have you got any reboots that you're unhappy about that i hate up? all reboots you hate all reboots okay <laughs> i don't like reboots like, okay to be honest i could convince myself that the muppets is a sequel um, because this, the same characters and they're voiced by the same people pretty much. Is this, is this going to be like our Kickstarter episode? Are you going to go out after this and personally fund a reboot of something? <laughs> I hate reboots. I hate yeah. them. I hate them. Yeah. I just funded 17 on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, I still hate Kickstarters because yeah, I'm screwed over. Yeah. Um, you know, generally, I, I don't have specific reboots that I hate. Um, I just generally dislike the principle i really wish that hollywood would just get in shit together yeah and, you know make new films yeah. i feel i hate the fact that in the modern day the best that we can do with everything we have is to just regurgitate everything we've done before with the actors of today because yes. i i find i i think that television has innovated more like when you look at things like um game of thrones or dexter or Breaking Bad, or Mad Men, any of these huge, expensive things, which are probably cheaper than feature films, to be honest, um, despite the fact that they're many hours longer, they are so much better at storytelling and putting across new ideas and new ways of doing things than Hollywood is. Hollywood mm. just seems completely rotten and just on its knees. It's just trying to relive the glory days, and it's just stuck remaking what should be straight to DVD releases as major films and being like, well, we've got some great actress in it, so that'll see us through. And it works because ultimately, you know, loads of money. you know, people are going to watch it because it's got the right name on it. But yeah. I, I really wish just ultimately that they would just make new stories. Yeah. Do you, do you want to hear my reboot that I am really unhappy about? I would love Is to. it Jurassic Park? No. I thought that was well. That wasn't a reboot. That was a sequel. I'd argue, and yeah. a good one. I also haven't yeah. seen it. It's Stargate, because ah. uh, Stargate is um, a property that I have a lot of my history invested in, and in I've watched many hours. And and uh, I know that John has as well. 
maybe sharing the odd bottle of wine. Yeah, absolutely. So Stargate was a film and it was a f- okay film by Roland Emmerich. And then they made it into a series and the series was actually really good. And the series evolved the mythology from the film and they built up 10 years of backstory and then it inspired a spin-off. And that spin-off was really good. And that took another five years of backstory and then that inspired another spin-off. And that spin-off was a bit meh. And it eventually it was cancelled. But so we've got actually 17 seasons of television that came out of one film. And they all established a very, very thorough backstory. And now that it's not no longer being made as television, Roland Emmerich has come along and said, okay, brilliant. Well, I'm going to make a sequel to my original film that just completely ignores, <laughs> completely ignores all of those TV series. Um, and he, as soon as he's finished potentially ruining Independence Day, he's going to move on and make two new Stargate films. <laughs> Funny enough, my first thought when you said that was Independence Day. Yeah. The first thing I thought was films that don't require a sequel. Yeah, Independence Day. Yeah. Things that irritate me more than anything yeah. are films that come out and they're great. And so they go, right, we won't make t- another film. We'll make two more. I will just turn it into a trilogy. And it's yeah. like... You did not need to do that, Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've not, I've not watched all three uh, Back to the Futures yet, so I can't argue that. But judging by the second one that I have seen, pretty much applies. Um, I like just Back to the generally. Once you've got a solid hit, people yeah. think, right? Let's just keep mind. Let's make yeah. another one. Make another one until people are bored of it. Yeah, and uh, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Independence Day not happy about i i'm not looking forward to that I, no not independence day no stargate stargate i'm not happy stargate. about independence day i'm on the fence because actually the trailer looks really good but not not to be pedantic because i'm anything but that but yeah. that not be a sequel rather than a reboot i get that it is a reboot independence is day it? is a sequel but stargate yeah. is a reboot because they are he's he is he is com- going to ignore the 17 years <laughs> of backstory that's been established but it's a sequel to the film yeah, which already has a sequel in the 17 seasons of television program. <laughs> you, you could say that, but also it's different, isn't it? Oh, I say Stargate sequel, get off my land. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So um, if you were going to reboot something, what would you reboot? I, I guess when I wrote this down, I was... Drunk. I was thinking more of a... Well, no, I was more thinking of a continuation. I guess now I've discussed it. These are things I would like to see more of. Yes. And maybe, like, not losing all the history. <laughs> yes. But it could be something in the same world. Uh, I mean, the main one I wrote down was Firefly. Mm. And it wouldn't have to be the same cast. I just want to see more stuff in the same universe. Yes. You know? And it could, it could basically... If it wants to disregard the main characters or you know whatever, I don't care. I just I want to see more stuff in that universe. And I guess I mean equally Stargate, but I don't want to see a reboot that wipes the history. No, I but agree. I would just... I would happily watch a completely new series that that just acknowledges that the other stuff happened, but then never references it again. That'd be yeah, precisely. If they just went to a you know another Stargate Atlantis type thing, yeah. they found another way to go through a wormhole too far away to come home, mm. and they send the group through, and then they have a whole new bunch of aliens and all this stuff. But they kind of acknowledge that the other stuff's happened. Yeah. I would love to see that. The, so yeah, I mean, not a full true reboot, I guess, but 
Firefly slash Serenity or Stargate. I would, oh, I'd love to just see more yeah. of them. And and like, uh, and and similarly, I would like to see more of like Constantine because I really enjoyed it, um, and I know a lot of people do. Ben, what about you? Well, one of my favourite reboots, uh, which I think is truly a reboot and actually a good reboot, um, is the Lone Ranger, uh, where they took the TV series from the 1950s and they took those characters and then they just remade it for the modern age. Uh, it was the guy that did Pirates of the Caribbean and it had Johnny Depp in it and Arnie Hammer, um, who is Superman now, I believe. Um, and they did this amazing film and I absolutely loved it and the critics panned it and I, I do not understand why. It's one of my favourite films ever, um, particularly because for the last 15 minutes of the film, they like the, all the time you're waiting for him to become the Lone Ranger, um, mm. as he was like in the films, like in the TV series, um, because this is like the origin story essentially. And when he finally does, and he's got the horse, he's got the white hat, he's got the mask, and then the music kicks in the William Tell overture that they used to use for the original TV series. That kicks in, and there is the I would honestly say the finest piece of film I have ever seen, which is 15 minutes of pure camp hamming up actoring, just over the top fight over two trains with a horse. Like there's literally a horse running across the roof of a steam train and then jumping into a carriage, shooting people, people getting hit in the face with like um, spades and playing it all comedy style. It's amazing. It's like they took the 1950s and brought it forward to today, and it's just wonderful. Uh, and then the very end of it, he finally does the line that everyone's waiting for, which is, Hi-ho, Silver, away! And Johnny Depp just looks at him and goes, Don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's how the film ends. And I was like, I can't wait for the next one of these. Because I was assuming it was going to be like the Pirates of the Caribbean, that there'd just be more and more and more and more of them, because Disney are bankrolling it. They've got enough money. Um, but it got panned so personally that they're not, well, I'm assuming they're not making another one. And that really makes me sad because I love Westerns. I really, really love Western films. Um, and no one's making them anymore because no one's interested in cowboys. And I thought this would turn that around and it didn't. Um, it brings <laughs> me also to what game would I like to see rebooted, which would be um, Red Dead Redemption because... <laughs> I they are doing that. Well, films. Have you seen the news recently? There's, no. There's a lot of rumours. They're doing a prequel. There, <gasps> no. there was a, um, a a map was leaked, like a, an image of the map from the development studio. Oh, my God. So it's looking incredibly likely that there's going to be a, like you say, a prequel. I would settle for a HD remake, but if they... <laughs> and I'm waiting for when they release it on Xbox One backwards compatibility so I can play it again, because that mm. is the best game I've ever played in my life. Amazing game. Um, but aside from that, things I'd reboot, I I don't really like reboots. So I don't think I would subject anything to it because, like John said, you want to keep all the history alive and keep it going. Um, so I don't really think I'd reboot anything. I just want to see more Lone Ranger. I want to see more Pirates of the Caribbean as well. And there is more of that coming. Um, but apart from that, I just I dislike reboots. I want people to have new stories. You know what I'd reboot? Me. I'd re- I'd, this show. I'd reboot. I'd reboot. Reboot. And did you did you watch reboot in the nineties? They did reboot it. They were going. To, they were going to <laughs> reboot recently? it, but it never happened. 
See, I remember that because I had. Yeah. Like it was going to be rebooted, and it never happened. It made me sad because I loved reboot. It was great, and I even downloaded it like ten years ago and rewatched it all, and it was still brilliant. But the CGI was terrible. CGI was because like, it was like one of the first things that had CGI. Um, yeah, I'd love like five colors. Yeah, it I know. Was terrible. <laughs> I know. Now I'm trying to remember. I did see it, but. Colors. It was all set in a computer. Set in a computer. So, like the, the yeah. The was megabyte. And then... Terrible. One of the characters was called, like, Fong or something. Yeah, that's it. it. Fong. And Bob. And um, <laughs> others. Dot Matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I loved, loved oh, it. Um, I've, got, um, oh, yeah. I've got one more one more thing that just popped into my oh. head. And this was a TV show that I saw years and years ago. I think it was released around, I don't know, around 2000 or something. And um, the TV show is called Brimstone. Nope, I'm guessing you haven't either of you seen it. But it's um, a cop in, it's probably New York, and he, his wife was raped. He went and killed the person who did it, and then two months later he died. And because he killed the criminal, he ends up in hell. And then all shit breaks out in hell, and 113 of the most vicious souls escape hell and get back to Earth. Because the devil doesn't really have any power on Earth, he sends Stone back and says, "If you can kill all these bad, bad, you know, badasses again, uh, you can stay." <laughs> so you know, you just got to go back, kill these hundred and thirteen souls that I accidentally let slip to Earth, uh, and then you can stay and you can have your life back. Uh, but it was really good. I just remember it being, you know, most episodes it's him trying to trying to hunt down one of these like the worst people on Earth. Is that the same story as Spawn? Um, not that I've seen Spawn or read any of the comics. Doesn't matter. It's got a different name, so it's not a reboot. No, I mean, yeah, Spawn. I think Spawn <laughs> is is quite different. Spawn's got like uh, he comes back in his suit, doesn't he? And he's got a limited time to live, which ticks down over time. It's like actually, I think it's like written on him or written on his suit somewhere. How many minutes he's got left? But when he does things that appeases some great power, he gets more time. Uh, okay, but I don't think it, it's not quite the same story. Um, but this is I think when this guy comes back to Earth I mean I might be wrong but he's mostly human you know I mean, he might have good healing factor because he's you know Wolverine sent back with the gift <laughs> of the okay. thing but, but ultimately he's just a guy and he's only got one chance and it's like the, the whole premise is you know you've got to kill 113 before one of them kills you because <laughs> um, they're going to figure out that you're trying to send them back but they only ever made a half season and it was you know 12 episodes or something and then it got canned but it was it was really good it was a really good show, really good premise. I guess it just never took off. So it would be awesome to see that again. Um, I do have one thing that I would like to see rebooted that's just come to my mind. And I think it is about the right amount of time has passed since it was last rebooted that it would work. And that's The Addams Family. I, I loved the 1950s TV show, The Addams Family, and I loved the two films they made uh, in the 90s of The Addams Family. It was an amazing set of films. And I kind of think to myself, if they came out with a new Addams Family film and it was good, then I'd love it. That'd be great. As long as it wasn't just a remake of the original ones. Like, I guess I want more of a sequel, like more Addams Family with new characters. Um, but The Addams Family is a property that I would love to see more of. Good shout. I think, it, yeah, I think this sort of takes us nicely back to the beginning. It's um, the right amount of time has passed, hasn't it, to redo Yeah, it. 
Especially since I yeah. just watched Back to the Future and was astonished to realise that Dr. Emmett was Fester in the yes <laughs> in the film. Yes. And also that in the second Adams Family film, the grandma, at the time she was in her 20s and she's now the old woman in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And it's really? like, now, now she's actually the right age to play grandma. I thought she was familiar. That's interesting. She, she is Granny Adams, but only in the second one, because the woman that played her in the first film died uh, between right. the two films. So everyone else stayed the same. Um, but then Granny Adams was cast as like this. <laughs> I think she was like 22 when she did it. But she's, um, I forget her name in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but she's the Lillian. That. Lillian, yes. <laughs> that, uh, she is Granny Adams in uh, wow. Adam Family. I uh, will. The second one. I'll have to tell my wife because she loves that film and Kimmy Schmidt. Um, right. I think we need to wrap this up because we've been talking for a lovely long time, which has been marvellous. I have one Why final thought. don't we reboot this conversation and record another hour and 20 minutes? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, we could. I do. love reboots. Yes. I love reboots. <laughs> uh, see the twist. <laughs> it's, it's Kirk that dies, not Spock. Spoiler. No. Um, I, should I we should remake thought. Oliver Twist? I had a final thought, um, and that was that actually this podcast is technically a reboot because oh. we all did a radio show called The Divide about 12 or 13 years ago um, on student That's radio. It's a bit disingenuous because you and John did the show. And yeah, I you, were, you were a guest. Once. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> and I got okay. insulted by Samuel L. Jackson, as yeah. I recall. <laughs> oh, yeah. So thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, you can join us online at uh, www.thedivide.co.uk. You can also check us out on Twitter at Podcast Divide. If you're listening to this through iTunes, please be kind enough to go and leave us a rating or a review. We would uh, greatly appreciate it. And our next show should be on Wednesday, the 11th of May. And so until next time, stay booted. I don't know. I don't really have a good sign off. Bye. Stay, stay divided. Keep flying. Keep flying. Keep flying. Yeah. Don't reboot yourself. Get off my land. Bye.